You are listening to 20 Sides to Every Story. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thanks for joining us here on 20 Sides to Every Story. We're back. It's Dolmenwood time. And I am joined here by Winston playing Wayman the Illusionist, Isaac playing Friar Fitzpatrick the Friar, Maureen playing Lilibeth the Hunter, Ryan playing Sir Joffrey the Knight, and Chris playing Thomas the Minstrel. Where last we left off in our game, we are picking up on the 26th of Igwild, and you have the characters had just arrived in the village of Dreg. It is this small-ish village on the River Hammoth. Maybe about 300 people or so live here. It's sort of got a reputation, a little bit of a seedy reputation of being a place where there's uh, maybe a little bit of crime going on. There is a estate that exists on an island that apparently is almost like its own little independent nation. The madam there, it is a, it is a brothel that a lot of the sailors and villagers uh, frequent. Madam Shantywood is sort of seen almost more of an authority figure than the proper designated burkmaster of the village. The party had arrived here in Dreg, basically en route. They're currently on an investigation to find a criminal of the Empire of Lumora, a woman named Marjoram Griver, who is an illusionist, who is said to have stolen something from the Empire. And so that is what has brought them to the Dolmenwood. Drag is just a stop off on that journey. Uh, you needed supplies after being in the woods uh, just a bit. So uh, you had stopped at a kind of a general store that was run by a man named Oren Fairchild. He runs the his little store with his wife, Nella, has a five-year-old named Sam. He was very helpful, kind of helped you out, not only with uh, maybe some supplies, but providing you a little bit of information. And in gratitude, you had all offered to Oren that you would like to buy him a drink that night. He suggested that you seek out the Mermaid's Arms Inn, and so he suggested he'll meet you there this evening after he closes up the shop. And so that is basically where we are picking up. The tavern sits uh, right across from a fountain that has kind of a body mermaid as as its centerpiece, the kind of thing people People throw little pieces of coin or copper into the well and make a wish or whatever. So you've entered now into the tavern proper, and there's, we'll say, about a dozen or so people in here. Dark beams overhead, dark wood floorboards decked out with woolen rugs all around. There's a cheery fireplace that is casting a rosy light about the the tap room. And uh, there is a sign that you see on the wall as you walk in that says painted on it says no gambling lewdness or sea shanties at the bar you can see kind of burly looking man he's got kind of black stubble and maybe he hasn't shaved it a couple of days he sort of looks maybe a little tired but uh as you walk in it kind of perks up a bit and he says oi i haven't seen any of you around here you're just coming off the road come on in take a load off what can we get you? Well, um, I'm Waymond. We are um, really just here to um, buy a friend of ours a beer. And uh, also, I'm, I'm interested in talking to a, a local pipe seller. Oi! And he, like, turns and he looks at a man that's sitting at the bar. And he says, ain't you say that uh, you something of a pipe weed farrier? And there's a, a man there who, he looks like he's probably maybe in his like mid-50s. He looks pretty scruffy himself, but kind of more graying hair. He's got, sitting next to him, like near the bar stool where, where he's nursing a drink, there is a, um, like a backpack and then a, like a large sack that is sitting there. And he looks up and he says, yeah, I don't have any pipes, but... Uh, I say, well, um, we're unfortunately pipeless. So I don't think we'll be customers of yours unless you've got some kind of edible tobacco. <laughs> um, well, 
I've certainly seen stranger things in recent times than gnawing on some pipe tobacco. No, do tell. And he's kind of looking around and he's like, I guess I, I should share. It is quite odd. I just recently encountered somebody that is collecting crystals, heating them up until they are vaporous and inhaling and, and, and taking it just as they would this pipe weed. Crystals. Smoking rocks. Who would have thunk of something like that? Well, I'll pull out my quartz from my pocket and say, so when you see crystals, um, I call this a gem. This is a quartz. I'm looking for something similar, but called a ruby. Did you happen to see anything like that? Have I seen a ruby before? I'm sure at some time in my past I have, but if you're asking me if I know where you could buy one, I would suggest maybe you make your way to Prigwort or even out west to Lankshorn. You'll probably find yourself a proper jeweler. But with this woodcutter, you didn't see any any sort of gems of that sort? Well, I I didn't actually see it. Uh, Oh, he was in the market. Yeah, he reached out to the mendicant for to try to procure this oddity that he wishes to indulge in. What Just, did the mendicant say? That's not what we trade in, so it couldn't help him. That's fair. And he apologizes for not having any pipes on him, or at least none, none oh. that are for sale. Uh, he's probably the, smoking himself. The friar would kind of step up and say, oh, it's fine. We'll find a... It's no problem. We'll find a apple and hollow it out. No biggie. <laughs> Brother, you always know the tricks of the trade. Well, some when you're on the road, sometimes <laughs> you have to improvise. Well, I'm up for a drink, so I'd like to order. Uh, I'd like to order a Mara White Dark, please. Uh, yes, he he has that, and so he'll put a wooden. A mug up on the counter inside a thick stout, black as midnight, has sort of a smoky bacon aftertaste. Just going to take a big, and that'll cost two silver pieces. Swallow and toss the silver. Glass of wine and a meal for myself, please. He will offer you a wine called Lady Mauve. It is a delicate violet wine that tastes of plum and charred lavender, and that will run you three gold pieces. For one glass? For one glass. It's very nice. My uh, my good man, do you have any entertainment scheduled? Ah, uh, and Agum, he just kind of scratches his beard and he says, we don't. We, we sort of have a more of a reputation. It's more of a kind of social. If you want entertainment, uh, you might be able to find that at some of the other the other establishments in town. And he kind of says that with a little bit of a grin. If you are interested, I uh, have in my repertoire some nice background music, some flute playing. I can limit the singing uh, and just offer uh, some nice, offer a nice atmosphere for your patrons this evening if you're interested. He says, you know, that that does sound nice. Um, maybe something a little cheery might kind of help. We've had a lot of dreariness these these past few months, and so that would be welcome. You know what? Don't worry about it. That one, That one's on the house. Thank you very much. My name is Thomas, by the way. You can get the word out. We can bring more people around the town, perhaps. Well, excellent. Uh, my name is Ogham. My aunt runs this place, but if you need anything, give a holler. Uh, maybe some food? Are you folks hungry at all? Famine. Bush. Yes. Mm, yes. I will eat. And he would offer to you a sort of a shepherd's pie uh, type of meal, but it's uh, made from some of the fish caught from the mm. river. And he, he, he really sells you on the fact that his... This is all fresh. And so uh, if you're buying one of those, that'll be three silver pieces. 
and that'll feed that'll be considered your food for the day. I get the feeling just from the way it's described. There's not that many people in this place. No, maybe just just a handful of people. Um, this tavern is pretty far removed from the docks, and so it is the quieter tavern in town. Anybody that comes in off foot might stop here. You know, especially if they're unfamiliar with Dreg. This would be the first place they see, and so they might stay here um, if they're coming from Lankshorn to the west. But it has a reputation of being like, if you want to go and have some quiet conversation, this is the place that you go. If you want to go party, you go to the place that allows sea shanties. Yeah, there's like two other places that are a little bit more raucous. (laughs) I guess I'll just take a beer. Throw one on for me as well. I think the fire might have one as well. So some coin is being exchanged. He's getting you your beverages. Uh, If I'm tipsy, I'm probably going on and talking a little bit too much about my sword, my family sword, and I'm getting really close to you while I'm doing it. <laughs> Thomas, you're you're sipping on that wine. You feel like all of your sorrow has just kind of washed away. You know, there was some some dark times over the past couple of days getting here and all of that worry, even any um regrets that you sometimes might ruminate about, all of that just is gone as you're you're drinking this wine. Thomas, I've been meaning to ask you. Yes. Oh, my close friends, I like to give nicknames. Can I call you Patches? Would that be offensive I- to you or Endearing. I I wouldn't mind that. I've been called worse. Patches. Why uh why patches? Well you have patches all over your cloak. True that. What why is that anyways? Uh it's a work in progress. One of the things I had decided not too awful long before we had been incarcerated was uh when I have an event or go someplace, I grab a bit of cloth from something and uh put it on my cloak. And it uh, reminds me of things and, I guess, gives me fodder for uh, perhaps stories and such. Agam, the bartender, is kind of listening and he leans in and he says, I'm sorry, did I hear you say incarcerated? I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. Oh, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) You can see he's just like, he's like, he was kind of bored and kind of tired looking like seconds ago. But like when you say that, he's just like, we've all been accused of crimes we did not commit. And we have been given the chance to redeem our names from the crown. And we are doing so now. That is why we are free now. Oh, That's uh, good. You did not a crime. I I, 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 yeah, I did what I said. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't pay those taxes. Bro. Guys, I was trying to make us look a little, jeez. And he's just like, wait, so you were imprisoned by the, the crown? You're talking about the empire? And they let you go? Yes. Oh, yes. which one of you convinced them of that deal? That sounds, that's a, that should be a tale well, you see to the, be a part of one sad, of your songs. You see the sad sack in the corner over there? That's Sir Silas. Um, it was all his doing. We just are tagalongs. Patches can weave a song about sad Sir Silas. <laughs> So uh, Silas is like in the corner, like kind of shrugging, like, and he just rolls his eyes. Uh, I don't really have one prepared on that yet, but and then I will uh, acapella here, little song about somebody, somebody being, somebody else being imprisoned wrongfully. Mm. Patrons are listening, and um, you know you get a, a, a applause once you've concluded the performance. And probably just about that time, we'll say about an hour has passed, and um, another individual enters the Mermaid's Arms, and it is Oren. Waves to you all. He he's like enters right at the end of the performance, so he's kind of clapping along. He makes his way over to those of you that have gathered at the bar, and he says, "Wow, uh, you offered me a drink. I didn't know I was going to be getting a drink and a show." That 
is quite impressive. Aim to please. Actually, you came in at just the right time. We were sharing our past woes of how we were previously incarcerated by the Empire and set free. Previously Um, incarcerated, you say? That is true. And he too is like fascinated by that. Unjustly so for some of us, and for some of us maybe more justly, but we have a just mission now. And Sir Sad Sir Silas in the corner, as my friend has named him, is um, he is he is leading this trek. But we are searching for somebody, a very dangerous person. And actually, perhaps you may have seen or have some information can help us. Um, and I'll describe to them uh, Marjorie Griver. Sure. Uh, I don't know if I've ever given you a description exactly of her, but uh, she has been described to you as being uh, a woman in her mid-50s, maybe a little bit overweight, kind of frizzy, kind of graying hair. Hard to say what she was blessed wearing, um, as she's probably undercover, but um, certainly one of the objects that she would have with her would be a staff that would have a prismatic crystal at its as its headpiece. I was going to say someone who looks like your grandmother, except for maybe a a little bit more capable of doing something when she's angry. Augum is kind of like, oh, I guess the you know, it almost it sounds a little bit like my my aunt. Are you looking for my? What are you looking for her for? Wait, your your aunt has my a aunt. staff. Yeah. Crystal on the oh no, no, I guess that part no. He, that's, that, that's the key part. Orin would tell you that he that doesn't sound like anybody that he's had any encounters with. She's um, a dangerous prismist. So someone who specializes in illusions and glamours. So have you had any rumors, maybe? Strange going-ons. Illusory rumors. He says, uh, who, who are you talking to exactly? Is it Orin that you're talking to? Both of them. They're both of them? Because they're, they're both in the conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, the bartender's always kind of... I mean, he's keenly interested in, you know, that you've got Talking a story. <laughs> now that he knows you. we've been incarcerated. That's right. <laughs> well, he uh, uh, probably in that conversation would insinuate to you a little bit with like kind of a wink and a nod that he also has like a bit of an unsavory past. And so he, 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 you're not like the typical person that comes into this tavern and he likes mm-hmm. that, like that is some rougher people maybe have just walked in. One rumor, I know we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet because we just heard it, but one rumor might be a thread. People are smoking crystals. That sounds an enchanting Potentially, because who in their right mind would set a crystal on fire? Illusory. I don't know about illusory. And this is the bartender. I have heard, and he's going to tell you, he's going he's gonna to say something about Bogwit Manor uh, to the southeast. And he'll say, I've heard some strange things coming out of there. Nobles are always have a target on their back for thievery and such. And I still got, I know some people in the game and none of them would dare go there. And as that comes up, you can see Oren kind of eyes you all. And you know, it's probably because he saw that you, uh, had, take, you had that bowl that he wouldn't buy. Mm. And so he's just kind of like, he is silent. He doesn't add anything to the conversation, but you know, maybe he's thinking that you like robbed the place or whatever. But <laughs> so Agam just like start, he just pours you all um, a second round of whatever you were drinking and puts it out with apparently no, no intention of collecting any coin from you. Like he's just, he's almost like neglectful a bit of the other patrons. We're in danger of turning this quiet tavern into a rowdy tavern. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you we, all uh, could make uh, con checks again if you're going to drink your second drink. What happens if you fail a second time? Uh, it just keeps, it's a scale, like it's a scale of drunkenness. <laughs> so I'm uh, I failed again. My con is high as well. Like 
<laughs> I'm so, just rolling what would be, I guess, good rolls, but not really. So the then, uh, if you failed the second time, you are now drunk. Uh, the effects are that you have a minus one penalty to attack rolls and saving throws, but you gain 1d4 bonus hit points. Oh, I also failed. So the brothers are getting slizzard. So uh, maybe at about the time when things are getting a little sloppy and some of you are yep. getting a little inebriated, you hear um, a bit of commotion coming from just outside the tavern, some shouting. It might be the yellow jackets. But somebody could be in danger. We have to protect the... the Innocent. Yes. I guess it doesn't hurt to poke our heads out and see... Does anybody else in the bar seem to move towards the door, or what's their reaction to this? The general demeanor around the bar is like, people are obviously like noticing it, but it's almost like a, we're going to turn a blind eye to that. We don't want to get involved in whatever that is. Everyone kind of just tries to like maintain concentration on the conversation that they're having in front of them and just ignore it. I will just lean to somebody and tap them on the shoulder, and you have any idea what's going on out there? Oh, Likely it is um, Brother Hogbeard and his his followers, his zealots. Maybe somebody. Are they ever known uh, to get violent? Oh yes, oh yes, indeed. Oh, we must stop them. No, we cannot allow this to happen. And he just stands up, like kind of with a swing, kind of almost like drops the stool as he stands, and he's like, "No, this we cannot stand for this. It's not correct what they're doing. We must go, brother. Yes, let's go." To protect the innocent! And I look to Sir Silas to see what he's doing. Sir Silas is looking out the window, and he's kind of reporting on what he sees. It looks like four of them, definitely all wearing Hogbeard's tabard. It looks like they're drowning a man in the fountain. And so uh, Sir Silas will follow suit. Um, He hasn't drawn sword or anything like that, but uh, follows out the front door. And there you can see... Four people. There's two guys that have a man. He's got kind of like a really long, kind of scraggly, dirty-looking beard. His clothes are tattered. Um, he just has kind of the the demeanor and look of a beggar. And they've both got him by like the scruff of his neck, and they it's they keep dunking him in the fountain face down. You don't see Brother Hogbeard among these four, but there's a larger man yelling at him and saying, Thievery is against the laws of the one true God. You must repent. And he's just shouting and, you know, quoting scripture and uh, shouting at him. Uh, I'll approach and just say, Oh, you found Grandpa. Oh, my God. Grandpa Jonas. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, he... He's lost his wits, I'm right, sure. Uh, Please, uh, can I have him back? I'll take him back home. And wh- What has he done? I- I'll pay for anything that he's done. This is not your kin. This is... His, all of his family has abandoned him a long time ago, the drunk. Scraping away at the bottom of the fountain for coin that doesn't belong to him. <laughs> all right pig's breath it's time for you to unhand that man or we will be forced to make you you would dare interfere with the dispensing of the one true god's justice well, hold on there who are you to talk about the one true god i am a man of faith and principle i my faith is not it's your f- a faith is not subject to such treasury. While he's distracting them, I'm going to go ahead and try to grab grab the guy, like and and forcibly like pull him while while my brother's kind of drunk and talking to them. Yeah, I'm so you you move back. over and you you pull you yank him 
out and away from the fountain and um all four of these men you know it's kind of like like the two gangs are kind of lining up like they're just kind of like staring you down and uh, the one guy's just like you know you you managed to rest him away the the homeless man to safety the larger man that is a part of uh one of these zealots is just kind of giving it to the friar a little bit for for being for being drunk and he's like you need to be you need to be a role model for these people friar they look to you what example are you setting i'm not not drowning people i'm inside spreading chair not not going to people's not taking people and almost half near beating them to death and killing them it's almost like your drunkenness has disarmed them a bit and they're sort of looking at you pitying you they 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 get less aggressive and they kind of back off and they just shake their heads and they say when the corruption of the nag lord has taken even the faithful this is a sign that we are all doomed we're nagging anybody you're nagging everybody you're the nag lord get out of here they withdraw and they just they mosey on their their way he's gonna See, look we're... back to the he's gonna look back to his brother and the rest go, oh i guess it worked they listened i <laughs> guess yeah. Repent for what you've done he, he just yells back <laughs> as we leave he's, he's not reading that social situation that they pity him at all <laughs> He thinks he got through to them. I'll take one trembling hand off of my sword hilt and just kind of like grab it and like study it. That went well. <laughs> and it is, um, at this point, it would be dark. The sun will have set. Visibility outside is really just coming from the stars above and maybe a little bit of light from a couple of lanterns that sit outside the tavern. It's very hazy out. Um, I think I described that last time as kind of a smoky air about. Is the guy the- that they were dunking? Is he still there? He's still there, and he's just sort of, like, tentatively, like, looking at you all. He kind of makes a... He's like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I think they they mean to drown me. I'm just so Uh, hungry. There was a fire inside and everything? Uh, Like a little fireplace in the Yeah, there's a fireplace. Uh, I would say, well, come on. Let's go inside and get you dry. He'll get you something to eat. He's shivering, and he, he'll come inside the, the, the tavern with you. Applause from the other patrons when you when you come in. Uh, they sort of approve how you uh, handle the situation. He's going to drunkenly not point to himself and shake his head no, and then point up and say, <laughs> it was him. It was him. Everybody does a sign to the, <laughs> the one true god. I'm so cold and... I'm so hungry. I was just trying to get a few copper from the from the fountain that I might be able to buy some bread. I think we can take care of you tonight. And let's have two more ales uh, and then a meal for our friend Vern. One of the ales is for me. And that'll run you eight silver pieces total. I would like to buy the homeless gentleman the glass of wine that takes away all of your sorrows because he has had a rough night. Yeah, so three gold pieces and he will... Uh, he will take that, and he is um, in your debt. He's just telling you how much he appreciates you, and I, I will not forget this. I will, I, I know, um, maybe I've made some mistakes in my past, and once I, once I'm back on my feet, I'll, I'll, I'll repay this tenfold. There's no need to repay. Just do your best and get on your feet. And I think eventually he will. Um, the father will be going, and you'll hear him talking about different types of. Uh, referencing scriptures and how it tells people to be meek and gentle and kind and stuff like that. He's going to just be talking about that. And eventually he's going to ask him, where, what, where is this 
Where is this father I've heard so much about? This father Handel Wreath. Uh, he 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 allows this to happen in his community. Um, I think Oren would be able to tell you that he's an older priest. I hate to speak ill of a man of the cloth, but Father Haddlewreath, maybe his passion for things just isn't what it used to be. He's maybe fine closing himself up in the the parish and trying to spend his last moments in peace rather than deal with uh, trying to wrangle Brother Hogbeard under the fold. It does sound like Brother Pig's breath is quite... Uh, the nuisance to deal with for one man. He wasn't always that way. This is more recent that he's become so aggressive. I mean, he's always, don't get me wrong, him and uh, his ilk, um, I do believe they they believe in what they are doing and they believe that what they are doing will honor the one true God. But obviously their methods are um, a nuisance to say the least. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, their and the one true God is absolute power. Why do you guys let him do it? And I'm looking straight at Orin and Agam. They would be like, well, we don't have any authority over over them. It would Darkmaster Monocles, uh, who is in charge of the constabulary. Well, do you pay him for that? We'll pay taxes. And those... Exactly. Who gives them the power? Where do you think they get that from? It, you. He started to go down this line of like conversation, <laughs> and they're just like, "Hey, man, like, <laughs> let me hand you my pamphlet. <laughs> um, get out, out." No, yeah, no. probably somewhere in that there'll be some debate <laughs> about philosophy and self-governance <laughs> and blah 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 blah. But um, ultimately, uh, maybe Agum would would jump in and say. You know, I mean, ultimately, the um, the Burkmaster Monocles answers to he ans- he answers to his masters as well. Just as he has maybe abandoned, maybe not abandoned, abandoned maybe isn't the right word, but um, as he's turned a neglectful eye to maintaining order here in Dreg, his masters aren't much better. The Burkmaster, his authority comes from Lord Malbleet, uh, one of the Goat Lords who this drag officially is within their territory. But the goat folk are kind of turned internally on their own matters and are squabbling a bit. He would say it pretty generally like that, too. Like, he doesn't really understand their politics and, like, what's really going on that's kind of far removed from drag. But he would say his understanding is that the the various uh, goat folk lords are at odds with each other. So it sounds like to me, then, that there's not a lot of attention on drag. So there's nothing stopping you from taking Father Pig Brain and throwing his ass out on the street outside the town and the, throw him in the river well, and float downstream. He uh, has his I, masters as well. Um, he is a part of the Church of the One True God. That isn't exactly a, you know, he, maybe he's misbehaving, but it is within their purview to punish him. And So, if I'm hearing you right, perhaps our our best way forward together and after a good night's sleep is to find one or both of these leaders. They may have better information and we can help the town instead of interrupting one beating at a time. Oren would just look at you curiously and be like, you are, 
You lot are very interesting, to say the least. You come with, um, you stop in on your way, it sounds like, for some important mission, and taking time out of all of that to do, to leave some good here. This is why we were all incarcerated. I see. Well, I suppose the world needs uh, needs that, and if you were to be able to do something about these affairs, we would very much be in your debt. Probably at this point, um, Sir Silas will have stood up and come to the bar, and he'll say, um, I think it's about time that I turn in. What do we owe you for the rooms? And so he'll get down to business with uh, Agam about uh, the room situation. Uh, basically here, they've got three two-bedroom rooms and then one one-bedroom that is currently being um, reserved for the, uh, the tobacco merchant. Um, so there are three three rooms in total that have two beds each. That will run you a total of 12 silver pieces. One question that I do have for Ogham that I would ask is how many uh, how many men or women, how many people does Og's beard command? We'll say a dozen. We'll say 12. Like, his followers aren't necessarily... Like, Brother Hogbeard is officially, like, a priest within the Order of the One True God, but, like, his zealots aren't necessarily... A lot of them are, like, reformed thieves themselves or sailors or people probably that he's bullied with violence. He's sort of brought into his fold. So, uh, anything else you'd like to do before you turn in for the night? Yeah, and I will absolutely just pass out cold in the bed, snoring, like, face down. All right, so uh, you've got kind of your arrangements, you're settling in for the night. Thomas, you are bunking up with Sir Silas. He's getting comfortable, probably still has his armor and such on, and he's getting a little comfortable right before bed. I, I Well, first off, I would offer to assist him in removing his metal armor and such. I know that's a task. Uh, and have a conversation with him, say Sir Silas. I'm not certain if it was the libations that uh, hit our companions' heads and everything, but um, it's a bit worrisome to me to enter into a town for a few hours and begin talking about, I guess, changing the political structure. Um, It might be a good idea that we keep a bit of a lower profile, perhaps? I don't know. Uh, Your thoughts? Frankly, I would agree. I was sitting there in the corner, kind of enjoying the the solace of this place, thinking the exact thought that it was so nice to be in a tavern like this and not have questions of politics come up. It's been a long time since I felt that. The War of Brothers really divided our nation. It divided our the noble houses. I have not felt so comfortable in a place as I have here, uh, knowing that there weren't people eyeballing me from across the tavern, wondering about my loyalty or thinking about stabbing me in the back. But it seems probably foolish, as you say, to come in here and start taking sides in matters that we don't truly understand. Maybe we can revisit this in the morning with our comrades. We may be unnecessarily complicating our mission. Very good. I. Uh... It seems that the others are very interested in getting involved, however. There may be a bit of good that we could do here. I'm just not sure we have the complete picture. They said that at one time it, is, it seems that maybe Brother Hogbeard is filling a gap. If there is no law and order being dispensed, maybe he's just taking it a little bit too far, but he He's stepping up to fill a role that isn't being filled. I don't know. I, I have half a mind to try to persuade the others just move on and get on with our business, but I'm not sure. Um, having 
spent a cell with all of you for as long as I have, I, I, I somewhat doubt that that argument is going to be won. Yes. Some of the, some of our companions seem like a dog with a bone on some of these matters. It may be, as you say, just the libations that um, prompted some maybe heroic delusions of grandeur. And uh, yes. with that, he will uh, put out the light and, and we'll, we'll fade to, to dark. We're going to start here with a dream that Sir Joffrey is having. You kind of just are entering into that quasi-passed out, kind of drunk sleep. But at some point during the night, uh, you have a dream that is crystal clear to you. Almost feels real as you gaze upon a dreamy glade where there is a beautiful elf maiden clad in a white gown that is smiling bashfully at you as she looks up she kind of like gestures for you to join her and in the dream you move forward and she looks at you with her blue eyes and she holds out her hand and she says would you care to join me in a dance here take my hand don't be afraid and then together you join hands and you start kind of ballroom dancing her movements are very graceful it's almost like she's kind of taking the lead it reminds you fills you with this feeling of being back with the noble house that you served and some of their galas and some of their social events where this would be commonplace this feeling of of dancing and you're talking you're jovial it seems to last for hours but at some point it has to end and you can kind of feel like the dream starting to kind of darken the bright light of this place is starting to fade and you're in the final moments of the dream but she looks out at you one last time and she says you joffrey are the finest loveliest tenderest most beautiful person that i have ever met and i hope that i will get to see you again one day and she kisses your forehead right as you come to consciousness in the morning. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to sit there in bed for a while after that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like, whoa. Like you said, it felt so real. I'm, I'm almost wondering if I've come under some sort of enchantment or if, you know, I'm wondering if life is but a dream. And that was the reality that I should be in. There's like a lingering wanting in your heart. Like it felt so real that you're hoping maybe she'll just be down downstairs when you make your way down there for breakfast. Yeah, and I'll probably depper myself up a little extra in that hope before heading down. I would say all of you, the rest of you probably have fairly cloudy dreams, unsettling, vague dreams that don't really have like a sense of story or anything like that except for thomas you have a dream you have a dream of walking through the forest on a road but unlike the other dream it is dark you don't get the sense that it's nighttime just like overcast there's it's sort of dim and you're with you're with your other companions and sir silas is among them and you're kind of leading the group it seems. And as you look back, you can just see this like kind of this smoke and smog, inky black vapor that seems to be kind of crawling and following real close to the group. And as you're looking back, you can feel yourself kind of like, come on, hurry. And you're trying to gesture to them to walk faster. They don't really seem to be aware of the danger and they're not really mirroring that sense of urgency. And as you're just desperately trying to call at them, you can see this smoke rises up and takes form of a hand and it grabs at Sir Silas and it just blankets him. It's just like opaque. And as it withdraws, you just see him kind of dissolve into dust and then you wake up. As I startle awake, I look to make sure that he is still in the other bed. He's actually sitting up and he's kind of like putting his gear 
back on, like readying himself for the day. And he says, he just kind of looks at you because you jolt up. Uh, a bit of a dream startle you? You look white as a ghost. Yes, it was, uh, I had a, a terrible dream. It almost seemed, I kind of shake my head. It seemed like a uh, an omen that you're in, in danger. Dreams can be strange. There's usually not much meaning, but uh, I fear perhaps you may be in danger. Please be on the lookout. Maybe it's just um, a bit, something a bit of breakfast might be able to, to mend. I could, I certainly could eat. I didn't get a lot of, I didn't get a good rest myself. So let's go downstairs and join the others. And as you all are coming down, everybody basically except for Sir Joffrey didn't have a great night. Uh, you make your way downstairs to the tavern. It's pretty much cleared out. There aren't really, I guess maybe the, the tobacco merchant is, or the pipeweed merchant is still there. Um, he's eating a kind of a bowl of porridge and an apple. You can see Ogham is there. Uh, let's see. Let's roll a d6. Okay. Um, Ogham is there, and he's talking with Oren's wife. Uh, you'd recognize her from the day before when you were in the store. Um, she is there, and also there's a five-year-old. The son is kind of uh, crawling up onto one of the, the stools and kind of playing with some mugs or something on the table. And she's she's just talking with Ogham, and she has kind of a concerned look on her face. And Ogham just looks to you all as you're coming down. He says, Oi, Oren, uh, left just just as you guys were going to bed, right? Oh, I thought so. I believe that's correct. He seemed fine. He seemed fine. She's saying he never made it home last night. I, if he's not here, then you sure he didn't say anything to indicate? Was he stopping off somewhere else before? And she's just asking a lot of kind of fretful questions. And you're getting the sense that Oren uh, must not have made it home last night quietly and kind of to the side nudge my brother and be like we need to find out where the <laughs> yellow jackets keep their prisoners because they may have scooped him up uh mm. trying to get back at maybe us uh maybe maybe we made a he's like uh, just he's just kind of r- rubbing his temples <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yes brother yeah we might that's what i was thinking as well uh, excuse me, um, ma'am. Uh, we we intend to help you look for your husband. Any places you think someone might be uh, intercepted or whatnot, maybe placed somewhere. And uh, you can see she just starts to weep. You don't think he would have gone to Madame Shanty Woods? He's not that kind of. He's not that kind of man. It's but it's 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 the only thought that is dominating my mind right now is that he might still be there. Was he drunk when he left? And Ogham, like he really just had one drink while he was mm-hmm. here, um, so he was not he was mm-hmm. not intoxicated. Oh no no no! I am sure he he is fine. Uh, where have you looked already? Anywhere? Or is this your first stop? I I just came here. This is where. He said he was coming to meet you all after after we closed up the store. The five-year-old knocks over someone's beverage, and she, she goes to kind of tend to him. No, Sam, no. Well, I think that we should take a wide sweep of the path home, see if maybe he fell, or if maybe he had more to drink than we noticed. Some of us were a bit inebriated last night, uh, so he could have passed out someplace. Uh, we'll just take a wide sweep. I give like a knowing look to everybody else because I again I'm on the same page. That this is probably not related to that. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find him. It's very possible that I had to take a rest or stop and felt ill, so we'll find him. She gives you her undying gratitude and lets you know that she 
she's going to go back to the store and uh, open up, and that's where she'll be. Um, and she says, you know, if any any news, anything that you find at all, like to give her the update. So she'll take Sam and leave. So the group is going to go and do kind of a cursory look around town. Yeah, I mean, I mean jo- Joffrey is absolutely convinced that in their speed to get involved in this situation, that they may have put a target on Warren now. And he really feels like the Yellow Jackets purposefully picked him up on the way home in retaliation against us. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to take a look, but I think that we should first start with your original idea of where do they keep their prisoners. This will probably lead Sir Silas at some point to bring up the conversation uh, that him and Thomas had earlier in private and suggest that we may have been a little too bold in some of the conversation we were having. We are having borderline revolutionary talk in <laughs> the very first village in the Dolmenwood uh, that, that we had. And we, in our, in our haste to do good, he might suggest we might do great harm if we're not delicate. And furthermore, that ultimately your, your, your goal in the Dolmenwood maybe isn't to solve their problems, but being a knight, he still believes very firmly that his, his oath to uphold good will he he he's willing to do if there is an injustice happening he would he would want to correct it he would just say maybe we need to have a more measured uh path forward when we or maybe decide as a group to do that yeah uh, we've definitely um a couple of groups in our party myself included have definitely uh, made some decisions for the group pretty quickly <laughs> you know what i'm talking about <laughs> So, Sir Silas, I I can say that perhaps my method of questioning would give the impression that I was really concerned about seditious overthrow of the local government. But in truth, my goal was simply to find out who was in charge and who to talk to. So I will try and be more clear in my questioning instead of coming at it sideways. And he'll say, nonetheless, uh, what what has happened has happened. We can't know. We can't know whether Orin... Oren's fate is tied to anything we said last night, but I do believe we have a duty to find out for his family what happened to him. We do. And so uh, you take to the streets of Dragon, you're kind of walking about, there's kind of a road that leads north or south if you want to kind of ring the perimeter of town. Which way would you want to go? We came in uh, from the south, so we're kind of familiar with that mm-hmm. area. I think so. And, I, and that was where we first met the yellow coats, right? So That's right. Yeah. yeah. So Actually, south, probably south first. Oh, we're going south first. Familiar. Okay. So, uh, was it was it the logic that you're heading south, the familiar part first? Okay. And yeah. and towards the area where maybe we encountered the yellow jackets in the first place. Sure. So you can make your way down to the docks, just real quick, right in the center of town, like the largest building in the town proper is definitely this manor house that is the Burkmaster's Manor. I'm sure that came up in conversation last night. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're making your way around uh, to the southern part of the village, a lot of residences and such. And uh, once you get down to the, the docks, you will have made your way to Shadgary's Shack, which is one of the, the rougher inns. And there, once again, you'll see Brother Hogbeard. And uh, it's just Brother Hogbeard and one other person out here early again just giving their spiel to some of the sailors that are coming and going and warning them of the the dangers of chateau shantywood and as you are coming around he again approaches you and he says ah friar fitzpatrick i see you have reconsidered to join us in preaching and spreading the good word of the one true god 
Uh, actually, uh, I mean, that, that is what I do. Yes. Uh, join you uh, now. Not at this time, but maybe you might be able to help us. We are looking for a certain someone that did not arrive home last night. Someone the, who uh, didn't arrive home? No, we oh, are looking well, for... Someone you met and encountered while you were getting soaked? Friar. So, I heard so, all about it. You were drunk. Me? Are you sure? That doesn't sound like me. He like turns to his the one guy that's with him. <laughs> and the guy that's with him is like, I saw you! I saw you! You were drinking and getting belligerent. No, not me. A man of the a man of the god a man of the one true god. I uh, know. We are looking for someone. Either way, he'd, he'd ask, uh, he'd say, Omen, good man. We're wondering maybe if you all might have seen him. Or, and I know him well, he was out with you. You led him down a path of sin and now he's gone missing. Corruption. Corrupting the good people of this town. Friar, you've lost your way. His disappearance is on you. So, have you seen him? I know not he's where not, he is. Not. Whatever it is, whatever fate befell him, you are responsible. Brother Hogsbeard, you... You keep eyes on the docks, yes, to see who goes to... We do. ...the island. You did not see Orin head that way. His, no. uh, his wife was worried about that. Not that I have seen. I would not think. He is a good family man. I'd be shocked if he would frequent that place. Father, I, um, we, had a, we ran into a few of your uh, compatriots outside of the inn last night, and I was wondering if maybe we could ask him a few questions. Oh, you're obviously one of them, and I'll point at the guy who was yelling at the friar. Yeah, he, he is one of them. Um, he'll tell you that the others are likely still um, resting. They were on the, the late-night watch. It would be very helpful for us to interview them, ask them questions, have they seen Orin or anyone else suspicious at night around the inn. Is there a godhouse around? Uh, I mean, uh, you yes. cannot be the only... Okay. There is the the church of St. Wick is just a short distance away. It's the high-peaked building right by the docks, kind of a little bit of a sagging roof. It is just a short distance from where you currently stand. And the tavern that the brother um, Pig's Breath is standing outside of, it, it's open for business? People are going in and out? Yeah, it's open for business. Right now, Joffrey is thinking, you know, if the yellow jackets don't, either don't have him or don't know where he is, that perhaps talking to some of the people down here, you know, they may have some more information. Sounds wise. Which place was his house or his business? Uh, I think I kind of described it as being in the center of Dreg. Okay. Now, was it Orin or was it the bartender that revealed to us that they had sort of a sordid past? Uh, that was the bartender, Agam. I mean, if he did head out to the island, maybe one of the people in these taverns would have seen him. Yeah, at least yeah. until the guards wake up, or the, uh, the watch wakes up. And so the, go and the godhouse is another place that we would be visiting, correct? That's the church, right? That's down by yes. the docks. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking that's next stop. Okay, so cur currently you want to go to Shagiri Shack. All right. Yeah, since it's right, we're right at it, basically. So you all enter into Shagiri's Shack, entering into the front door. Right above you as you're entering in, there is a sign with a leering moon ringed with grimacing stars. Very much a kind of stark difference here than the place that you stayed at last night. The tap room kind of smells a little bit of stale ale. There's a little bit of a stickiness maybe to the floor. 
and all of the like chairs and everything in here are just all jumbled up like nobody takes the time to kind of tidy up or keep this place nice and clean there is a a squat muscular man maybe late 30s bald looks like he's maybe himself kind of favoring a little bit of a a shiner like he took a took a fist to the face uh at some point in the past few days but he's just like kind of cleaning some of the the mugs and glasses in a basin uh, behind the bar as you come in and he just kind of gives you a cursory like nod yeah i'll probably you know mosey up to the bar maybe flip him a silver two, not ask for a drink and just be like hey friend we're looking for somebody and we're wondering if you may have seen them. Oh, who is it that you are looking for? Are you familiar with Orin, the shopkeep from town? Uh, yeah, I know him. Have you seen him recently? Well, Maybe in here? Him? <laughs> Not a chance. He's got to stick up his ass. He wouldn't be caught dead in here. And he's talking to this, this guy. He's got at least three teeth missing. <laughs> Good to know. And so uh, not around here, not around the docks. As far as you've seen in the last day, you haven't seen him around. I haven't seen him. Well, you're looking for him. He's probably up at his store if you're looking for him. Yeah, early riser. Cool. Thank you. We we appreciate you. That's probably, yeah, that's probably, if he doesn't hasn't seen him, that's probably all I got for, for him. I don't really have any other questions. So you head out and uh, I guess pretty quickly identify this is a dead end talking to the barkeep here. Next place you wanted to check out was to go to the, the church. So you make your way over to the Church of St. Wick wooden church sits right next to the port and it's actually built upon a pier that sticks out into the river there's a weathered and battered door of oak that is unlocked and you enter in to a very simple very quaint chapel and in sitting in one of the pews in the front row you can see a there's somebody sitting there. Looks like it's an elderly man in a white robe. He's got thinning hair sort of combed over maybe to uh, try to hide some of the baldness. But it almost looks like he's sleeping. You can kind of hear snoring. And you go over there and you can see it's just this flabby old man who's got a book on his lap. And he's just snoring, eyes closed. Oh, he'll, uh, uh, the fire will move forward and say, uh, good day. Good morning. Hey, hello. Oh, good, good morning. Hello, uh, father. I'm sorry. And he's, he's got spectacles on. He's kind of adjusting them. Uh -huh. He's trying to look at you. Uh, Hogsbeard, I'm, I'm busy, uh, reading and <laughs> what do you need from me? Um, no, no, it's just, I am a, I am a friar. We, we've come. Either way, we are just looking for someone. We don't mean to interrupt your prayers. Uh, yes, praying to yes. all praise be to one true God. And you're looking for, who is it you say you're looking for? Uh, we're looking for Ormen. Have you seen him? Ormen, uh, I feel like. Shopkeep. Ormen. Yes, yes, I know him. Um, uh, he's just looking around. I don't, uh, I don't see him. Uh, no. Well, um, we don't mean to alarm you, but he has been, he's gone missing. We are looking for him. If you hear anything, please. Yes, I will let you, who would you say your name was? Don't worry, what, all you have to know is we are looking for him. We are searching for him. We are a friend of the family. We are looking for him. If you happen to hear anything, please. Yes. Well, um, may St. Wick be with you and your travels on the road, and that they lead you to finding Missing Orin. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, sorry to interrupt, please. He'll sort do of the sign of the cross and do the same well. thing. Okay, that answered many questions. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it possible that maybe we don't know Orin well? We met him yesterday. Maybe he did go to the island? I mean, I was thinking that, right? That was my thought. But everybody in town, including the bartender at the, you know, the gross little spot down at the, the docks, <laughs> was saying that Orin is just not that type of guy. And we may mm-hmm. not know him very well, but I would venture to say that the people of this town probably know him fairly well. So True. I do I do think that if if we don't turn up any clues in town, that it would be worth heading out there and taking a look. But it just does not seem in his character to go out there, to, to head that. Um, I hesitate to say this, but I was sort of encouraging people to hold the Perkmeister Monocles responsible for, you know, everything. Perhaps... Other patrons took that message, and so maybe he's Oren was picked up for talk about us and find out what he knew about us. So I think that's another place we need to go. The Burkmaster. The Burkmaster. Yeah, if for, no, if for no other reason, at least to alert him, and if he has the full power of the town that can keep eyes out, I think that's a great idea. One other thing we could do, whatever would be the most expeditious route from the inn to Oren's establishment, perhaps some of the residences along the route perhaps heard something last night. All right. So if I am hearing this right, you would like to maybe uh, knock on some doors in his general neighborhood on your way to the Burkmasters to maybe seek an audience and talk with him. Okay. So we'll just kind of, you know, generalize some information here along the way. You will do some knocking on some doors. I will say it's about 10 a.m. right now. And maybe over the course of the next two hours, uh, you start to knock on some doors. This will bring you up to noon. People will say mostly that they weren't awake last night at the hour. They weren't keeping eyes on the road or anything. They didn't hear anything, no disturbances or anything until there will be like one house that's maybe on like, this is going to be like one house over here where someone will say that they thought they heard a scream outside last night. They went to check and they looked out their window and they didn't see anything, but they they say something to you that suggests maybe they did hear a male voice cry out last night. If, if we continue to look around that area and obviously, you know, there's roads that are well-traveled so there's all sorts of footprints and stuff. But if we were to look in the alleys and the behind the buildings and stuff like that, do we see any signs of anything strange out of the ordinary, signs of struggle, things knocked over, blood, anything like that? Let's see. Lilibeth, why don't you roll me a d6? Okay, three. So you're pretty close by to... As you're kind of looking around, you do see where it looks like like someone maybe had been drugged, like a, like like markings on the dirt road like like a scuffle and like uh something was being dragged along the road um it's a little messy but all of this leads to being right over here by this smokestack that rises up out of this this little it's just a tall windowless building it's topped with a conical roof and there's this like rusted out iron chimney that juts up out of the the top of it and there's black smoke that's billowing out i think i described this on your first day in this building right um, and it smells heavily of smoked meat scent so this is a smokehouse smokehouse of some sort is there a door to the establishment it seems like a, a, a like is it 
is it a smokehouse would be like open open for business? Does it seem like it's a like a private thing? Like they're not used to people kind of coming in and out or, or other than the people that work there or you don't see anybody like uh loitering about or walking around it. There's one door, uh like a big metal door that leads into the building. You're not having this. The dragged the dragged, you know, feet or dragged whatever was dragged, does it seem to be leading in or out of any particular area of this or just a, uh, in general you see around here it seems to be dragged meandering dragged kind of around it i would say it it, it seems it leads to that door in the building itself are there are, have we seen any guards or there are no there are um probably loitering about in kind of the vicinity of the burkmaster's manor like two guards in wearing kind of a black tabard that are having a conversation on a corner okay that's not next to you've seen the guard back there but it uh-huh. wouldn't, wouldn't be over here by the by the shack if our assumption that there was a scuffle in which Oren was dragged into this building is correct. I do not think it would serve us to knock on the door and walk right in. I agreed. But I am not a sneaky type, so I am at a loss as to where to go from here. Um, maybe ask the constabulary, the guards. I mean, I know that's a novel concept to actually go to the guards, but especially since we've had not wonderful relationships with officials, but this may be our best way forward. Um, I will. I agree with you, Little Beth. I think maybe it might be best to get at least one guard, some whatever authority figure here. So you're going to go and talk to the constabulary? Yes. So you make your way over there. They'll kind of go from being very casual to kind of standing up straight, and they say, what, what seems to be the matter? You have a concerned look on your faces. Something to report? But yes. So we've, we've been asked to look for Oren. Um, by his wife. Um, he didn't come home and she is very concerned. We've already spoken to several people and none of them have seen him. However, we decided to see if we could find any sign of him being close to home or on his way home. And I found marks that indicate that something or perhaps somebody was dragged um, over towards the smokehouse. And that's we were looking for because people in his neighborhood said that they heard a man cry out last night. So we're concerned about Oren and would appreciate your help. Okay. Um, you want us to go and take a look with you? They'll follow you and you can point out kind of the evidence of everything. As they make their way over there, they will kind of agree with you that it seems like whatever it is uh, leads them into the smokehouse here. They'll go and they'll open up the door and they'll open it very thick kind of smoke that pours out. And it gives you a, a look inside. You can see there are kind of racks all around in this this one, one room inside there. Racks with um, kind of basins of like embers and fire underneath. The smoke is like washing up racks of like fish and sausages and things like that that are laid out all around the room. We do not see smoked orange in this building, correct? Uh, no, you don't see anything in there other than all the meats and whatnots, and uh, there is a trap door that maybe leads down into like kind of a cellar or something. But they look about and they say, well, nothing seems to be out of the ordinary in here. Can we, what about that? Can we look down there? What's down there? As I point to the trap door. They'll go and open up the trap door. Looking down, it's just real dark. It's kind of a dirt floor. It'll say a 10... Probably less than 10 feet. Maybe it's like a eight foot drop. It looks like storage down there, like other racks, old racks, maybe broken racks that have been kind of just tossed down in there. Uh, but it's like cluttery. 
but they look down there. You know, they don't have a, a lantern or anything with them. And they say, I don't know. Do we have a light? Anybody? I've got a torch, I think. Oh, I have a lantern. I have a lantern. I've got, I've got torches, too, if we need. Yeah, I've got two torches. I'll um, I'll light up the lantern. with. The, I've got an oil flask and a tinder box and all that. All right. Ma- manage that inventory as you do. And as you light up the lantern, light fills up the space down there. You hear a really deep wheeze. Oh, shit. Smoke Doran. Oh, but he's breathing. You, you would just see, like, the father kind of sign himself the prayer and start. You could hear him kind of muttering a prayer. We yeah, went, hurry forward. As, as soon as, yeah, Joffrey hears the voice, his kind of like protect the innocent. He just jumps down, starts looking, throwing stuff around, trying to find a find a human down there. Okay, so you jump down. Uh, are you taking the lantern as you do so? I'll go with him, holding the lantern up, like okay. giving him light. So the two of you kind of crowd in down there. Just imagine, like like there's just all this kind of junk. And it's not organized, so it's just like jumbled up, like racks and all the stuff that's been tossed down there. It makes it really kind of hard to like see. But as you're looking with the lantern, you could see some movement kind of maybe in the corner of the room. You're not really sure what you're looking at, but whatever it is, it's naked and it's really gaunt and almost like it's got, it's just like skin tight, tightly wrapped around bone material that is vaguely humanoid, but it's kind of rattling around at some of this, the metal racking and such. And you think you see a body laying on the ground. But this thing is like kind of like moving itself up as you come down in, and you see this like kind of bloody mm-hmm. unicorn head on top of this body, this monstrosity that's that's moving itself up. And so, we're gonna go into initiative procedures. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, I'm gonna say. Well, first we gotta do a couple of things. First, we have to check to see if you are surprised. So. Roll me a d6. <laughs> I would say whoever yes. Is going to be know, everyone's uh, like, yeah. <laughs> whoever's your caller. All right, I'll call him. Yep. You are surprised. Shit. Actually, you're not surprised. So the high oh, roll is cool. good on that one. So you, you see this and you immediately, like, instinctively, like, draw your weapons. Like, you're getting ready. Everybody that's up above sees that they're jumping into action. And so, okay, the next thing that we have to do is determine, uh, are you going to do any withdraws or spells? Can I reach it? Can I reach it with color spray? Uh, yes. I will cast a spell. Okay. All right. Uh, roll me a D six. Uh, it's a one. Okay. So this creature is going to go first. I'm sorry. (laughs) Joffrey. Never, I forgot that don't let Winston roll. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Our prime directive, we forgot. Uh, it's D6, isn't that it? It's a curse. Always, always let the guards go first. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a mistake. I've had to shove them in, though. It starts to move forward, like, and it's like these racks are just flying left and right, and this thing is like eight feet tall like it, it is as tall as the building itself and it's like almost like this ghoulish looking creature with this bloody unicorn head big now that it's moved forward there is definitely a big hole in the side of Oren, who's in the corner of the room oh. and 
it seems like he was probably gored by this creature. And it's going to move up, and it's going to attack Waymond, who's casting a spell. Oh, man. So if it hits you, your spell will be interrupted. It's probably the least of his worries. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, 12 to hit. Uh, then I'll be triple double check, but yeah, that's a hit. All right. Two points of damage. I'm still up. Oh, I it, lose my spell. Uh, you lose your spell. Give me a save versus poison. Oh, shice. <laughs> oh, no. Roll no. under or roll over. I can't remember. I think that one you want to roll over. over. Brave Sajafri ran away. Bravely ran away. <laughs> And I failed. You're just feeling really sick at this point as you take that wound. It's very fast acting. Um, okay, so that is its turn. I think it's only got one attack. I just have to see. Yep. Okay, so then it turns to your uh, your your group. Uh, I would say anybody that's up above, you would be able to see the creature down below. Um so we first we have to go through our process here. Does anybody want to move? Um, if if, uh, if I'm not standing in a position, so I'm assuming I'm standing in a position where I can shoot down into the hole and I can see because the lantern's in yes. there. Okay. So then, no, I don't want to move. <laughs> can I move if my spell was interrupted? No. Okay. Um, if I stay where I'm at it, I can hit it with my mace, correct? Yep. You and Waymond are basically right in front of it. Uh, real, real compact together. You're in the hole with the thing, basically. All right. Uh, do we have yeah, any ranged missile attacks? I would like I... to cast a spell as well. Oh, I can't cast a spell at this point. Oh, oh, it's over. Oh, I see. We're you, already. You had to declare that. To announce yeah. it. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize that we were in the initiative. Okay. Okay, so I, I will do a ranged attack. So All right. You'll um, get a plus one on that because you're in short range. How how big is this hole? Like five foot by five foot? Three foot. Sixteen. That'll hit. What what are you using? Uh the bow and arrow. Okay, it'll be a D six. Thanks. A one. All right, one point of damage. Arrow kind of almost looks like it's having a difficult it pierces its skin but doesn't stick into it. Almost like the the flesh kind of becomes vapor for a second in that little patch and drops the arrow. But there is a divot there. It took damage. Okay. Any other missile attacks? Then we'll go to melee. The Sir Joffrey. Yeah, I'm going to whale it with my mace. That would be a 17. That'll hit. Okay, and I believe it's a D6 for the damage. A 6? Nice. Okay. All right. So yeah. you bludgeon the thing. You could feel like that bone. It's almost like feels like brittle uh where you knocked into its chest cavity and it kind of crunches and this thing is <laughs> again like draws in breath like wheezing and sounds like you know the lungs of a heavy smoker as it's exhaling sir silas can't really get down there it's probably pretty cramped and so he can't just jump down on the top of you it wouldn't be very effective so he's up top okay so uh again any spell casting so my spell okay. is Slot is used, right? It is used. Awesome. Yes, casting. Question for retreat. This is like a tactical thing. Uh, does retreat happen at the end of our side or at the end of the entire round? I was like, if I do retreat, do I does does the monster get attacked too? Um, Depends on initiative, I think. In the spot that you're in, so you drop down into this eight foot hole. Oh, I dropped into a hole. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. 
I mean, there's other stairs, then I will not retreat. Yeah, you're, you're in a, a tight prayer. spot without a rope or something. Right. Is there any room to flee down here, like to get away from the creature? Not not really. My action, my movement is going to be to go to kind of the opposite side of where like the ladder is or whatever and stick my hand down and holler to Wayman, take my hand and try and assist him getting up. Okay, so go ahead. We'll roll initiative, roll d d6. All right. Mm, good vibes, good vibes. <laughs> Six. Yeah. Okay. So your side wins initiative. So Thomas is reaching down to you, Wayman, to try to pull you up. Is that your intention is to take his hand and, and go up? Well, can I do that? Um, I did not declare a retreat. So can I? That isn't, exi- that isn't really a retreat. That would be like a withdraw. Okay. So I have movement. Um, yeah, I'm going to get out of there. Okay. So this will be like what you are able to do on your turn. So Thomas, you reach down and you grab hold of Waymond and you get pulled up. Okay. Silas will jump down there. Any ranged missile attacks? And I'm going to okay. go ahead and try it one more time. Okay. 12. Uh, that'll hit. Four. Okay. I think that's the only missile attack. Uh, melee. So Sir Joffrey and Silas will take swings. 13. That will hit. So this is with the mace again. Two plus one, three. Three points of damage, okay. And uh, Silas just kind of jumps down and kind of awkwardly takes a swing with his longsword. Doesn't quite hit the creature. Friar Fitzpatrick. Uh, the Friar is going to attempt. Uh, he is assuming this is undead, so he is going to attempt to turn undead. So he says a prayer uh, quickly and... Uh, a seven. I had if it. So depending on the hit die, I did put the chart in the uh, in our group chat. So I got a seven. So if this is one hit die, I turn it. You invoke the power. You hold out the oraculary, mm-hmm. calling out to the one true God. But this creature seems to not be affected by it. And then it becomes its turn, and it is going to take a swing. It's going to reactively try to stab at Sir Silas. And Thomas, maybe for a second, you have a uh, thought or memory of your dream from the earlier night. Yes. And it hits. He gets uh, struck by the unicorn horn pierces through his chainmail armor. And you can see him kind of hold at the wound. (gasps) And you can just see that kind of black ichor is kind of like oozing out from the wound that for that bloody unicorn horn and he staggers back a bit he's still on his feet but the unicorn monster withdraws its head and is still actively engaged in fighting the party that is going to bring us back to initiative any uh spell casting yes no. initiative roll d6 no that's me still that's you come on come on i'm not down there anymore so i don't care <laughs> but I still roll a six. Nice. nice. You roll a six. Okay. Roll again. We tied. Three. Okay. Your side wins initiative. Mm. Um, movement. Any movement? Otherwise, missile attacks. Yes. Thirteen. That Hits. will hit. Two. Okay. Melee attacks. Yep. I'm gonna give it the swing. Fourteen. That hits. And D6 plus one, a five. All right. Both you and Silas 
uh, manage to strike at it. Both your swords kind of pierce through the, the body of this thing, and you just watch it drop down. And its body oh. just starts to, like, the flesh starts to kind of dissolve and become vaporous, leaving behind this, like, pretty gnarly-looking skeleton on the ground. Unicorn horn also kind of drops off of its head and dissolves. I'm going to immediately rush to Orin's side and see what the situation, if he's alive or dead or what. Immediately, uh, you you look at him. His flesh is cold. There's a pool of blood underneath him. Yeah, I'll... um... I will gather the body and take him out of the the smokehouse. There's parts of him that look like they were devoured, like the thing maybe had been eating him. Um, And there's probably evidence of, like, there's other bones and such discarded about. Maybe previous meals that this creature had, uh, maybe vagabonds or people that wouldn't have been noticed that he has devoured over time. This creature is almost... um kept here. Do you think that someone who's feeding these people do it? That was my thought. I would look to the... I mean, he's already kind of already starting to pray over the body and whatnot, but he'd look to the guards and say, and kind of look at their reaction to all this. Um, man, would the guards have even stayed? They probably... They probably, <laughs> right, they they probably fled. I think they ran out as soon as like this all started going down. Mm. Joffrey has two things on his mind. His first thing is he he wants to deliver the body to the family and mm-hmm. and and give the news. The second thing is he was going to say to the guards like, "Hey, you guys have this investigation from here. We're going to take care of the family." But he he Joffrey really, you know, even though he's pledged to maybe think his what he's doing through a little bit better, he really wants to have some words with these guards now. Like, not only did you flee uh, when someone in this town was in danger, but um, <laughs> this is happening on your watch, people. There's a monster in town. Yeah. So we can kind of skip forward to that. Let's say, I think that maybe what they did was they went and summoned the the captain, like their immediate supervisor and they're like on the edge of the street like pointing at the smokehouse like telling him what happened and then you come over you start to lecture them a bit about their their duty and everything like that the one of the guards just pipes up and says it it's just as as it, it's just as brother hogsbeard suggested the nag lord this is evidence of the nag lord's presence is here even in dreg and they start Talking like the captain is saying, "What? What are you going on about?" And he'll want to see evidence of it, and then you can show him the creature that you killed. And he won't really have words for that. He'll be astonished and horrified at at what has happened. Um, they don't have much of a defense to, you know, they they don't really respond exactly to what you're saying about their duty and such. They'll just maybe acknowledge their their failure to keep keep Dreg safe. But what of these other bodies? I see, you know, Orin's body is not the only one that was down there. Has there been other people that have gone missing? This is, uh, uh, this could not be the only creature. Uh, there's big questions. You, you should be up in arms and worried for your town right now. The captain will say tra- transients come through here all the time. That That is the nature of our, our village. 
Sure, once in a while we hear something about someone going missing, but who's to say they didn't just jump on a boat and hop on over to the next town or head over to Lankshore? And it, it's never been a prime concern um, to try and hunt and look for every single person that's ever been claimed to have gone missing or not been seen again. This is Who different. Owns? Warren is is one of our own. Uh, the, Who owns that smokestack? It is a, it's a public facility basically and the door that door does not lock anybody that okay. catches some fish can go in there oh it's like your valheim game anybody can go in there <laughs> throw some uh fish up there on the rack how is sir silas during all this time all this time yes. i would assist oh, him yeah, with his wound and stuff right? yeah um it's already in wayman's as well pussy is starting to look infected oh big black veins wow. starting to kind of... Do we have any... Really? <laughs> I mean, I, we have one. <laughs> I have one. So I look. I kind of look to both of you and I kind of sigh and say, well, I feel I have the strength maybe to help one of you, but not both today. Yeah, well, I think we, we could flip a coin. I think it's time for... Uh, Brother Hogsbeard to show his medal as well. You think you could help us? He's going to yap some stuff about the Naglord, but if that's the case, maybe it's time to go looking for the Naglord, right? Um, either way, he'll kind of look at both of you, and he, I do, you do not, I cannot choose. He'd look and Sir Silas would insist that you heal Waymond. He says, I, I, I think I'll be fine. Are you sure? I, I, I'm happy to t- deal with this judiciously and leave the fate. I am much older than you. I have lived many more years. Tend to him. He'd give a, a nod and he would uh, once again kind of look into your eyes, touch your, touch your shoulder and start uh, praying to uh, Saint Lilibeth, and I uh, cast a uh, to please and may we please shine your light once more, once more onto, and he will he'll kind of pray once more, and he'll uh, cast a cure wounds on you, and I'll, I'll I'll get that up and I'll get you the information. I'll roll it out for you right now. While all of this would be going on, I would go run down by the temple and grab Hog's beard. And let him know that there was a monster found in town, and our one of my companions is is direly wounded, and beseech him to okay. come aid Sir Silas. So he will definitely come along, take stock of what has happened. I don't know that he's got spells. I just have to check. Yeah, he'll he'll come down, and rather than really being helpful, he's just going to use this as an opportunity to say, I told you so! I told you all that this was what would happen from... And, you know, he does his whole spiel. Um, you get the sense... He, he, he says something about how this is divine justice maybe taking place for not having heeded the word of the one true God, but he doesn't have any spellcasting, and that's really the truth mm-hmm. of what it is. Two points uh, for your character. Back. So, do we know anybody else in town who might be able to heal our companion? General medics, infirmary of some type? There is nothing like that here in the little village of Dreg. 
to speed some things along here, it's going to become quite clear that both Waymond and Sir Silas have some kind of a very fast-acting poison coursing through their veins, and they both get extremely sick. The constabulary kind of leaves you with the impression that they are going to obviously bring this news to the Burkmaster and talk with him. The As far as uh, Hogs, Hogsbeard's uh, zealots, they carry forward through the village and town using this to embolden their message. Now they've got proof, and they're going to continue to say that this is the doing of the Nag Lord. The Nag Lord's creep has been attracted to Dreg because of all the the sin and the uh, thumbing of the noses in the, the teachings of the one true God. Do you know of any uh, herbs and such that would assist with the poison? Do we still have any of that powder? Uh, he would... Uh... But he would just say, from what I've learned, uh, all I know is that it detects if uh, there is poison, not to cure it. Look, guys, I hate, I hate to bring this up, but if nobody in this town has the power, what about the lady of the island? It seems like she has some sort of sway over the lords in this area. She has her own kingdom, fiefdom out there. Surely she has some healers. Uh, beyond what this place has. That's one person, that's true. And the other father who has become a recluse, perhaps, as well. But we have, we can't, I mean, we can't all traipse along together. It takes too much time. Should we split up? What should we do? I, Sir Silas, can't die. And neither can Wayman. I was going to say, thank you. <laughs> well, no, I would not throw your life away. You saved me. All of you did. What if we were to split up, uh, search out any options we could have within town, and if we come up with nothing, then we meet up and, and, and see if, if we can find help on the island? So I, I take it that one of the priorities here, at least in the immediate aftermath of this fight with this creature, was to take Oren's body back to his wife. Mm-hmm. And so you go and you stop back at the shop, and she is, of course, distraught. Her first priority is to make sure that her son does not see that. Um, she will maybe ask one of you to you know, occupy him for, for a moment um, as she tries to get control of, of her emotions. Eventually, I don't know how much time you're going to spend here with her, but this is a very traumatic thing that happened, and she will want the father Handelrith to um, start to make the preparations for his um, funeral and such. And so his body will go and rest in state there to be prepared for funeral. You'll spend the rest of your day after tending to that, kind of looking around town. This is this is not something that anybody here. You know, and the commoners here don't know anything about how to undo this. What you're calling a poison, many of them will see as maybe some kind of a curse or a incurable disease or something. So there is no medicine person here in Drag. So I think maybe if 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 it is in the interest of the party to go and talk to Madam Shantywood, that's probably a good stopping point to um, pick up our next session with that heading out there and trying to seek out a meeting with her. Oh man. man! What a what an epic session! <laughs> Jeez, I know it was the slow burn, and then bam, just right. <laughs> so, so 
this creature was a was like a super thin giant creature with a unicorn head that or would, unicorn horn stuck unicorn head head that would be a nag lord right yeah. <laughs> it was the nag lord right there no there's other creatures that have that i think maybe was it not. was it humanoid like did it it like... had a humanoid body it was like okay. a very tall lithe fleshy body and so where unicorn just kind of formed into this bloody unicorn head oh and and the skeleton that remained had that on it as well right i mean it wasn't like a he said the zom- it wasn't like a zombie with a unicorn head on it wasn't a zombie. <laughs> it, when it died, its its body became vaporous. Because okay. I would have taken ah. the horn if we could have. Yeah, I was. I know Alex did that on purpose so we couldn't take the horn. <laughs> Which we could have crushed and turned into an anti poison. Or like stab people. Or, or we could have or crushed them up with the crystals. And yeah, no, I was going to say, oh, bless send it your to the heart. Guy. <laughs> yeah, bless your heart. Yeah, go to the crystal guy and let him snort that too, huh? <laughs> this thing this is really worse than undead. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Worse than undead. Because Friar Fitzpatrick, it, it had your, pow- your, your turning of the unholy had no power over it. Mm. Okay, so it wasn't even like there was it was enough. Like it wasn't an, it wasn't that it wasn't enough, it was that there was no effect on it at all. Yeah. Wow. So you don't know what the nature of this thing is. Um, some sort of fake creature or something. Mm-hmm. All you know is that everybody in town is like hearing the story of what happened, what this creature was, it's pretty much unanimous everybody associates it with the Nag Lord. And so. we've heard rumors about the Nag Lord before too, right? Or was it just this the Cold Prince? I don't know if any of you had any Nag Lord rumors. You've it's been brought up. I think I did. Did it's you brought it up? What was I your think I had the Nag Lord rumor? Um, let me look it up. I think that was one of the in the very first session. I feel like I had a story about Nag Lords. The common no, information about the Nag Lord is that it is some kind of a nobody really knows, especially this far south. It's like it's like that thing at the heart of the forest that is corrupting everything. And people attribute a lot of the bad things that happen to people when they veer off the road as the machinations of the Nag Lord that it, it mm-hmm. caught it caught someone that um Went off the, the the weary path and got caught up in its shadow. It's said to have most people believe that it it stays wherever it is and it doesn't really move about. But you know, Father Hogbeard seems convinced that it its influences beyond wherever its little enclave is. Yeah, and the rumor I had was that it could inf- it could corrupt plants and animals and give them sen- give plants sentience that kind of thing. So. Yeah, I have. I have an, Yeah, I was gonna say I had. I think one note that I had was that it controlled the goat people. So, Ooh, okay, you had something I, about that. Yes, uh, so that might yeah. be a rumor that you have heard that. Uh, yeah, the goat goat people are maybe uh, in cahoots, cahoots, or vulnerable to its <laughs> corruption or something. Um, just a general statement, because I will forget to say this, but. And it won't happen immediately, but in the, the 
maybe this is not character information. This is just for you as players to know that over the course of days that will transpire, the weeks that pass, Father Hogbeard will be less militant and um, kind of return to the way he was. A lot of the debauchery and the raucous like violence that happens in those uh, taverns and inns will subside. They'll still be kind of rowdy places, but um, you probably didn't see too much of this, but it was ultra-violent in those places beyond just the normal carousing that sailors and such get up to. So you might so be able to draw we- some conclusions as to what you know had been going on in the town, particularly that all of the food that is consumed in Dreg likely passes through the smokehouse at some point. Ah, yeah. There was some foul influence from this creature, perhaps. Like maybe, maybe we're seeing evidence that um, this that pig's breath um maybe was right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's Hmm. going to uh, do it for us for the session. Um. I guess as uh, we have done in some of these games, we will take a moment maybe to uh, enter into our giving of appreciation to other players uh, for their contributions for the game, something that made the game special or stand out for you. Well, I'll call out Isaac. I thought the handling of the, the water drowning situation was good. Yes. Um, it was in character, but also suited to to solve the problem. So I was impressed with that. I was happy to see that. Yeah, I, w- I was going to throw out to uh, Isaac and Ryan about the uh, diffusing the situation, the de-escalation, although perhaps ill-advised mm-hmm. <laughs> getting involved in that. Uh, it worked out well, and I found that fun. Mm-hmm. The same uh, here. It was just beautiful. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanna uh, I wanna do a shout out to uh, Chris, his character that they had that moment uh, where he was talking with Sir Silas about what we were doing. I really enjoyed it, and I mean, it's what I was thinking. Like, geez, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> this is not good. We're like just, but we were, you know, we we're playing our drunk characters, our drunk brothers that all of a sudden wanted to help everyone. But yeah. Like I really enjoyed that conversation that you guys had uh, together. Uh, it was a nice kind of, and then the dreams. I mean, I'm with Alex with those dreams. Yes. Those were really awesome. Like I was, I was, I really liked those a lot. Yeah. I almost asked you, Alex, does the smoke coming out of the thing? Does it resemble the, the <laughs> smoke in my dream? But I was like, yeah. no. I kept trying oh, to like yeah. say something about the smoke every time, like r- like throw that in that somewhere that some maybe at some point the dots would connect. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna throw my gratitude out to Chris too because I thought the way that you did that in game, that conversation with Sir Silas was like a really awesome way to like, yeah, get, get your your character's opinion out there on the whole thing, like in game instead of getting meta and so it, it just worked. It was just, it was, uh, yeah, uh, it was perfect. It was yeah. a perfect way uh, to do it. I loved it. It was great. And every, I mean, it's funny how when you're like, I mean, uh, as far as Alex with this, this creature, 
like when you tell us that after like everything clicks right or it's like it's been a few weeks where these people for some reason i thought maybe that it was like the guard wasn't around anymore or someone died or something and they're trying to feel like the way you said it right and it's totally like this nefarious creature that's doing this it's so crazy (laughs) to me that that's what it was the intention of the the way that everything happened was to maybe make you think someone some foul actor was behind it. It was pol- political. It was somebody else, right? So, right. Uh-huh. Um, and I think you could have you could have thought it was so many different. Like, is it Madame Shantywood? Is she? Mm-hmm. She's been kind of. We, we we're hearing like Hogsbeard's like take on her that she's some kind of maybe she, he, I think he even hinted that maybe she's got some magic or she's holding a spell yeah. over the Burkmaster and you know maybe that's true you don't know but um could it be father's you know you saw them being violent with a guy the night before and then all of a sudden somebody goes missing that was associated with you maybe it was them maybe they did it you know um, One thousand percent. I thought it was the yellow jackets coming back at us for absolutely. I won a million times percent. I was like, "There's no question. It's that." I I, I was so tempted to be like, "I want to try some of that sausage." Like, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was, <laughs> it's a it's something you could eat. I, I kind of like the reason why you had shadowy dreams like that. Was sort of because you did eat some of the fish and and whatever in that pie, um, mm-hmm. and so it's like not gen- It's just kind of general. You consume something in this town, probably it's not going to alter. Your, it's not that fact fast acting, but if you habitually like eat this, like just generally your spirit kind of darkens and makes you act out in in maybe violent ways is kind of the way it manifests. I can't mm. believe pig's breath was right. I feel. I feel like a dick. <laughs> I judged him so harshly. Especially when he's Hogbeard. Is this yeah. Come on, pig. it's pig breath, isn't it? We're looking yeah. for Margarine MacGyver, yeah. right? Margarine yeah. MacGyver. <laughs> MacGyver. Yeah, MacGyver. That, that okay. Yeah. Um, we just... It, it was very well. So I think I would always start off with a general appreciation for Alex for setting it up so that we remain relatively clueless <laughs> as we're going through this. That's not easy, I know. And so, yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, and I, I think, who was it? Chris, you had the idea to kind of start knocking on some doors. Mm-hmm. And that was... Uh, not something I had anticipated you maybe doing exactly like that methodical. Um, Cause I, I was, I was banking on probably you're going to jump to a bunch of assumptions, but I was like, as soon as you start doing that, like somebody would have heard something and mm-hmm. um, it, it gave you the, right. The opportunity to uh, maybe lean on Lilibest Hunter trait to dig up some clues there. And so it just, it fed real nicely into that encounter and your first taste of a very, um, I guess, notable part of Dolmenwood would be the whole story of the Nag Lord. And so maybe you'll dig into that over time a bit and find out more about yeah. what this creature is, what's, what's its nature, what's its association, all of that good stuff. Well, and, and my thinking on that was perhaps the simplest solution 
is the answer, you know? I mean, he what, what way would he normally walk home? And let's just look at look in that direction. Well, that'll do it for us here for 20 Sides to Every Story. Thanks for hanging out with us, all of you out there watching or listening. We're going to be back on a kind of a more regular schedule, I would say, going forward. We're going to try to do these every other week. So the next time we will be live will be December 3rd, I believe, at 10 a.m. Thanks, everyone, for, for hanging out with us, and we'll see you for the next one. You are listening to 20 Sides to Every Story.